Hey everybody and welcome to the next lesson in our series called Setbacks from Wounds. Uh, well, our whole series is Setbacks from um, that we have that we want to turn into a wonderful comeback. And today we are looking at Setback from Wounds uh, to make a healing comeback. And we're going to focus in a few minutes on King David and the setbacks he had and how he moved forward. Let's talk about wounds for a minute. We know that wounds can be physical, they can be emotional, and they can be spiritual. Well, in all of our faith journeys, we get wounded, we get our feelings hurt, we have issues, and we want to learn how to effectively heal from those. Well, we get wounds from a lot of different sources, and most of us bear some kind of wound, but some people, unfortunately, harbor multiple unhealed wounds. So take just a moment and uh, on your notes or on a notepad, list some physical, emotional, and spiritual wounds that women feel. You might begin to list some that you have experienced in the past. Now, here are some examples. Uh, a death of a child sexual abuse, abortion, unfaithful spouse, an unfaithful friend, an abusive spouse, a parent's divorce, incest, physical abuse, childhood neglect, rape, name calling. Now those are some pretty serious wounds that women experience, but there are a whole host of others. It could be a, a slight that you've experienced from someone. Someone may have hurt your feelings and ha that has wounded you. <clears throat> you may be struggling with your relationship to God and you feel as if uh, the church has let you down or Christian friends have let you down. Uh, you may be dealing with some kind of questioning of God that you just have not been able to sort through. Uh, you, you may have an emotional hang-up about something that you just cannot move beyond. So there is a huge continuum of wounds that we experience in our lives. And so I want you to take just a moment to think about that. Reflect on wounds and hurts and sorrows and sadness or some anxiety that you have dealt with that has wounded you and you just are unable to move through that and you don't know how, you don't even know what your choices are. So if, if you begin to struggle about wounds and maybe you know there's something there but you just can't figure out what is going on, I want you to think about the symptoms of people who are running wounded. So think about whether or not you have these symptoms. Maybe perfectionism. Maybe you have a lot of feelings of guilt and shame. Maybe you feel as if you're not good enough. Maybe you have a low self-image. I hope what you're hearing is that these are symptoms of a wound. Maybe you have some self-hatred. Maybe there's a critical spirit. Maybe you have some insecurities or you're living in jealousy or bitterness or even rage 
Well, if you're dealing with any of those, those could be signs that you are running wounded. So do you recognize any of those? And, you know, sometimes we want to overlook the cause of them and we just focus on the symptoms or we just continue living with the symptoms. And we do things like this. We just try to act properly and pretend that nothing is going on and that we just live in denial and we suppress the wound or we try to hide the wound. Uh, we think if we ignore the wound that everything will just go away. And sometimes we start justifying our wounds and we, we just try to be good and we don't want to rock the boat. We just want to be in control of the situations. And what I'm describing is an attempt to live above the wound. And when we do that, then we're not dealing with what's underneath. And so we say things like, I, I'm really okay. And you know, it doesn't matter. That was a long time ago, but we've never really dealt with it. Um, so we try just often just to be cautious and not expose ourselves. And then we begin to lie to ourselves and maybe to others. And we just keep living in denial and hope it just goes away. Uh, you just play the part and you just be what other people want you to be and just avoid really dealing with the wound. Well, let's probe just a little bit more into the kinds of wounds that we might be dealing with. I'm going to share four different kinds with you and see if you are suffering from any of these. Some wounds take place in childhood. They could be caused by parents or primary caregivers. Uh, they are often the deepest wounds we have, the ones that last the longest, and perhaps the most painful because they've been with us for decades. Uh, some can be really severe and they um, have resulted in abuse that we experienced at home. Uh, or a lot of fighting, maybe there was a divorce, maybe there was some ab abuse, maybe it was having parents that just didn't take the time to listen or express love or care or even giving hugs. Uh, maybe you didn't feel understood. Uh, maybe there wasn't empathy in your home. And all of these inflict wounds from childhood. It, they could be childhood uh, wounds from people outside the family also that you just have carried around for a long time. Well, that another kind of wounds are these social wounds, and those are wounds that are caused by acquaintances or in the workplace uh, with society in general. Uh, they could be uh, wounds that you've gotten through at school or with friends. Uh, bullying certain do, certainly does fit into this category. Uh, people maybe have always told you you just didn't fit in or you just weren't quite smart enough. Uh, and these cause wounds. Uh, these co come perhaps from false expectations that we get uh, through th what the world tells us we are to be, through society, through the media. Um, it can come from groups groups of people and categories of people. It's, it is, we get wounded when we don't feel as if we're socially accepted and we become wounded by that. <clears throat> well, the third kind is a wound from relationships. 
Now these are caused by painful actions or words or events that have been a part of a relationship either in the past or the present. Uh, these are negative memories that we might have of failed relationships and they inflict wounds on us. Now these relationship wounds can be from somebody we're related to or they can be from friends or they can be from a romantic relationship. Uh, they come from people who do not understand you or appreciate you or accept your God-given personality and they send you a message that you're less than. Well, the fourth kind of wound, it would be a wound we inflict on ourselves. This is self-inflicted. And these come from decisions we make or behaviors we exhibit, those actions that we take. Uh, they might come from errors in judgment that we, we make and they lead us to have bad decisions in our relationships or careers or, or our finances. And they come from the uh, things we tell us, tell ourselves, that critical inner voice that we have, the, the negative mind chatter that we have that constantly tells us bad things about ourselves. For example, uh, you're foolish, you're stupid, you can never get it right, you, you can't do it, you don't do it, you don't measure up, and those are things we tell ourselves. Now, if you think about it for a moment, those self-inflicted wounds might come as a result of the other kinds of wounds that you begin to believe what the people who wound you tell you, and that then becomes self-inflicted. So those are four kinds of wounds. Now, there are effects from these. And here is what it looks. Here are the characteristics that we see when we are running wounded. We become afraid. We're inside, we're afraid. We begin to shrink from life or situations. We have a sense of inadequacy or insecurity. We become doubtful. We distrust dis trust people. Uh, we think that something is always wrong. There's, there's something that's not going to work out. We, we live in a, a negative mindset. Uh, and then we become content with less than we are capable of becoming. And we begin to focus on the negatives instead of the pos positives. We focus on the impossibilities, and we find ourselves saying things like, we can never do that, or I would never even try that, or it never work out. Things never work out for me. We use that word never a lot if we are running wounded and, and these are the effects of it. We become filled with fear instead of faith. Well, I often talk about life in terms of continuums, and so I have a line drawn on the handout, and this line reflects how we deal with our wounds. And we are given a choice about dealing with our wounds. On one hand, so think of the left side of that line is the word wallow. We wallow in our wounds. We uh, feel sorry 
for ourselves. We give into it. We assume that this is the normal for us and that life can never be better. And we just perpetually aggravate the wound. So that is on the one end. And on the far end is healing. And so that's the goal and the aim to heal from the wounds. And I find that people fall somewhere in that continuum. And it's good to identify where you are with the wounds of your life. See, some of you are dealing with pretty fresh wounds and you want to to work toward healing, but you're a long way from it. And often with fresh, serious wounds, that is just really natural. You're gonna be a long way from healing. What we want is for the trajectory of our lives to go toward the healing. And we find ourselves somewhere in the continuum. And identifying that is an important aspect to go toward the healing. And so look at some of the indicators that we are on the continuum on the left side of wallowing in the wound. And here's how it might look. Your thoughts often drift toward the same story of loss and injustice. And so that's where you focus your thoughts on how you missed out or how you lost or how there is a lack of something or this somebody was unjust to you and this is wrong and it's unfair and the storyline is continued in your mind and in your actions, in your words. And each time you get left unhappier than you were before. That's an indicator that you're in the wallowing area. Here's another indicator that you, you can feel mildly sad, but then you begin to brood and ruminate until your feelings intensify. And then they can intensify either in anger and fury, or it could be into depression. And so you can have a mild sadness, but it escalates downward instead of moving upward toward healing. Well, here's another indicator. The agony begins to feel in in an odd way comfortable. Like this is just who I am and it's my plot in life and I'm just going to live in it and it feels like just a comfortable old pair of sweatpants that I'm wearing that They may be a little bit worn and weary and stretched out, but it is who I am. And we begin to find comfort in our wallowing. Well, here's another indicator. The people around you that hear you begin to glaze over when you perpetually talk about your problems. That's an indication you're still wallowing in your wound instead of moving toward healing. And then here is an indicator. You're starting to bore yourself. (laughs) We hope that's what happens, that there's a realization that, hey, this is a storyline I'm repeating over and over, and I'm even bored with it. If any of those are happening, those are indicators that you're still wallowing and you're on that far left side of the continuum. So today we want to learn how to move toward healing and move away from wallowing. Let's look at what Psalm chapter 147 verse 3 tells us. 
He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Well, that's what God will do for us. He's, it's a promise. He will do for us. He needs for us to be a partner in the healing. So in order for him to heal and bind our wounds, he first has to allow us to feel the brokenness and the woundedness. We need to know the feeling. And then he wants us to turn to him so that he can heal us and bind us. So we want to look at King David and look at some examples of how he was wounded, how he experienced a lot of emotional, physical, and spiritual wounds, and what he did about it. So in, in the psalm that we're going to look at, we know that it is, it is after David has been confronted about his sin of adultery with Bathsheba. And it's after he set up for Bathsheba's husband to die. And that he, uh, so it's after he had it, uh, Uriah killed. And it is when he got honest with God. And in doing so, he experienced a spiritual and emotional healing. So look, that he had to have the recognition. And then he was ready to receive the healing. So we read in Psalm 32 verse 5. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you. Do, you. do you hear that word finally? And the indication is that he had been on the left side of that continuum for a long time. And he said, finally, here's what I ended up doing. I confessed, and look at that next word, all my sins to you. And then what he did was he stopped one of the indicators that he was running wounded. And he said, I stopped trying to hide my guilt. And he talked to himself. It's in a good way. He talked to himself and he said, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. Because when we are wallowing in our wounds, we are rebelling. We're not living in confession of how we feel and of what is burdening us. He says, I'm going to confess my rebellion. And then look at what he says with an exclamation point, and you forgave me, and you forgave me. And then we see that one of his indicators of running wounded is now gone. All my guilt is gone. So not only was David forgiven, but he also received the removal of the feelings of guilt. See, guilt is something we feel when we have done something wrong. That's what guilt is. It's, it's a, a feeling, an emotion we have when we've done wrong. And David had done wrong. That feeling was removed once he confessed and received forgiveness. So he was emotionally he healed. And then he was spiritually healed because his relationship with God became right. So many times we are not released from the torment of being emotionally wounded until we get things right with God and receive forgiveness. So I, I would ask you to consider if any of your wounds are related to something that has uh, removed you from the right relationship with God. Because the first thing we, we will want to do is have a right relationship with God. That is the first step towards healing is to get right with God. And sometimes it means we need to ask God for forgiveness <clears throat> because 
Maybe we are causing a continuation of our pain and suffering because we are not going to God with the burden of what we're experiencing. Sometimes we need to ask forgiveness from other people, and sometimes we need to forgive others. And if we've held on to a wound for a long time without dealing it, we need to give it to God once and for all and ask him for wisdom in moving forward. Well, David had learned learned to ask God to forgive him. And that is when he received the emotional and spiritual healing. Um, but you know, David turned to God when he was in physical danger too. And he, he knew that there could be all kinds of wounds. And so he knew there was a physical danger also. And he spoke of that often in the Psalms and he went to God for protection. And so in this next Psalm, we're going to look at some verses from Psalm 3. And we're going to see that David's enemies had actively sought to harm him. They were after him. Uh, Saul wanted David killed. And there were about as many as probably 10,000 soldiers that had, were on the hunt for David and that were surrounding him. And he trusted God for protection at the most fearful hour. And if we can learn to do that, we can prevent ourselves from having more wounds and more scars. If we truly trust him and call on him for his protection in all of our situations, whether they're physical, emotional, or spiritual, then we can prevent the wound to start with. Now, here's what he does. He prays Psalm 3, verses 5 through 7. I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety. And he gives the reason, for the Lord was watching over me. And here is the peace that he was living in. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. So do you see that David had learned from other experiences that it's best from the beginning to give every scenario, every situation to God. And that will prevent us from having some of the wounds that we experience. And so he wasn't living in the wound of fear and the wound of anxiety. He, when he, was, he knew he was surrounded by enemies, he wasn't living in that wound because he said, I can lie down and I can sleep in peace because he trusted that God was watching over him. And so that's a beautiful example for us when we are facing situations where we know we could get wounded because we're opening up or we're being vulnerable or we're sharing or we're in relationships with people and we know we could get wounded when we completely give it over to God. He will watch over us and protect us and give us the wisdom we need to cope in every situation, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual. Well, we know that David uh, was bearing the burden of again? many sins, um, and there are consequences sure. to sins. Sometimes um, we let our wounds fester and they overtake us. David had experience with that. So there are consequences when we sin 
and then we don't deal with it. And then those wounds take over. David in Psalm 38 acknowledges that his sin had led him to a lot of problems. And here's what happens when we get wounded. Whether it's from a personal sin or whether it's from an issue that somebody else has put on us or whatever reason, if we don't let that go and deal with it, then it begins to fester within us and then it becomes sinful for us because we are running wounded when we need to be running into the arms of God and letting him heal the wound. Well, David had had a hard time running to God with some of his wounds. And so he was dealing with a lot of guilt. And so we see that he became separated from God by his own choice. And he was living in a lot of loneliness. And so David cries out to God. And now we're reading in Psalm 38, verse 4. My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and stink because of my foolish sins. I am bent over and racked with pain. All day long, I walk around filled with grief. A raging fever burns within me. I am exhausted. Um, and he says, I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. See, David's wounds affected his whole body and being. Look at those symptoms. I want you to go back and look at the symptoms he describes. He had wounds and they were festering and they were stinking. He was bent over with pain. He was filled with grief. He has a fever inside his body. His health is broken. He's exhausted and he's crushed and he is moaning and he is groaning and he is in anguish. And that describes what happens when we do not deal with our wounds. His wound was um, primarily guilt and lack of confession. Our wounds, again, may be very different, different kind of wounds, things we're just holding on to that are unhealed and they continue to fester. And they are either emotional, physical, or spiritual. They are, are hurt places that we have not dealt with. Now, they are then, the wound is affecting us in many ways. I want us to look at the emotional, physical, cognitive, and behavioral symptoms of these wounds that we have that are not healed. So emotional symptoms look like stress. And they, that means we become easily agitated or frustrated or moody. We get overwhelmed and we feel as if we're losing control and we just need to take control, we tell ourselves. It, it, emotional symptoms mean we have a hard time relaxing and we can't quiet our mind. Uh, we start feeling bad about ourselves and we become lonely and we feel worthless and we become depressed and therefore we start avoiding others and we begin to live in a pit of stress and anxiety and worry and agitation and overwhelm. 
that's how it looks now. Then we have some physical symptoms that, of stress, and, and that means that we have these festering wounds, these issues, and, and it's giving us headaches and an upset stomach, and we have this low energy because this oppression is holding us down. We, we sometimes have chest pains and a rapid heartbeat. We can't sleep. Uh, we sometimes get our, our resistance low and our immune system is off and we get infections and colds. We get nervous and we have the shakes and uh, we have cold and sweaty hands and feet and we get a dry mouth and uh, we get a clenched jaw and we start grinding our teeth. And those are physical symptoms of the stress we're holding on to because we have a wound that we have not dealt with. And then we have cognitive symptoms. Those are, are symptoms that show up in our minds. That means we're constantly worrying. We have racing thoughts. We become forgetful. We are disorganized. We have an inability to focus and then we start having poor judgment. We make bad decisions. We become pessimistic and we only see the negative side. And those are the cognitive symptoms that we have in our mind because of the stress of holding on to wounds that we need to let go of and move to healing. And then we have behavioral symptoms also. And that means we, uh, this, this affects how we eat and uh, what we consume. Uh, what we either eat too much or we don't eat enough or we begin to eat the wrong things. Uh, we become procrastinators and we begin to avoid responsibilities. Often people have an increased use of alcohol or drugs um, and that helps them to, to cover up the wound. We begin to exhibit other nervous behaviors such as biting the nails and fidgeting or pacing. And those, that whole picture I've just given you of the symptoms of the wounds are what we do and experience and what others can observe and what they can see because we're dealing with we're not dealing with the wounds and the hurt places well there is hope and there is hope in healing david is an example david received his healing you know david David went to a cave of refuge where many of his psalms were written. He was hiding from his enemies there, and he spent many days waiting. And we are going to read in Psalm 40 that he called on God in his waiting. David had, had spent years and exercised an enormous amount of patience for the Lord to deliver him from his enemies. Uh, and that would have been King Saul and his own son Absalom because they wanted to kill him. And so David waited on God to deliver him from trouble and destruction. And he was waiting for wisdom. And that's where we are in our wait. We, we want to choose well in our wait when we do go to the Lord and ask him for guidance and direction and wisdom, then we begin the waiting period. And sometimes we judge harshly because we don't see it happening as we want it to happen. But we get to choose whether we're going to stay in the trajectory towards healing or move back to the trajectory toward wallowing. And so when David's life was in the pits, 
He chose to go to the Lord. And what we want to decide is what we do in our pit. And we're going to see in Psalm 40 what how this looked. David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And and then he goes on to, to say in the next verse, we're going to skip to verse 12, and we're going to find out why he was even in the pit. He's going to tell us what got him into the pit. Verse 12, for troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails within me. Be pleased, O Lord, to save me. O Lord, come quickly to help me, and may all who seek to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, aha, aha, be appalled at their own shame. David was in the pits, wasn't he? And we see that back that at verse 12, what took him in the pit. Let's look at his pits. He was in the pit of trouble, and that came from bad choices and bad habits. And that led to the pit of sin. And remember Bathsheba and uh, the sexual sin he had with her and that he killed her husband. That's the pit of sin he was in. And then the next pit is the one I'm calling the pit of more than. It was just more than he could handle. The numbers were so huge. It was more than he could imagine. And he is overwhelmed. He made a lot of bad choices and other people were making bad choices and that drove him into the pit. And then he goes on to describe what he wants to happen <laughs> to people. And this is his pit of evil, jealous people. Uh, he was probably thinking of Saul and he was thinking of Absalom who, who betrayed him and tried to destroy him. And David was on the run from his countrymen. There were a lot of evil and jealous people. All of that sent David into the pit, and he needed a way out. Well, there is good news. God pulled him out of the pit. God worked in his life, and it's a message we want to hear loud and clear that in our pits, when we turn to him and we wait patiently for him, we will see him work. I want us to notice how active God was in the life of David. He is an active God. He does not want to, us to stay stuck in the pit and in the slime and in the misery. He wants to get us out, and here's what he did to heal David's wounds. Number one, God turned to me. God listened to him. Number two, God heard my cry. Number three, God lifted me out. Number four, God set my feet on the rock. Number five, God gave me a firm place to stand. And number six, God gave me, God put a new song in my heart. He turned it all around, set him out, and he gave him a new song, a new joy, a new focus in his life. 
And if God can take David out of the pit of wounds, he can do the same for me and for you. He will turn to me. He will hear my cry. He will lift me out. He'll set my feet on the rock and give me a firm place to stand. And you know what? He will give me a new joy. I have seen it happen in my own life. From all the issues that I've dealt with, all the disappointments and the sadness and and heartache and brokenness in my past, And I have a new song. He will do that for all of us. It is a song of healing. Well, let's see if we can learn a lesson from healing by looking at how our physical wounds get treated. And that will indicate how we need to deal with our emotional and spiritual wounds. I had a tick bite years ago. I didn't realize I had it until I felt it. And then I saw it. But I didn't have symptoms before that. But once it was discovered, I had to do these steps. So first of all, I had to acknowledge I had something that needed to be healed. And then I had to locate the exact spot where it occurred and remove the source of it. I had to go through that process. And, you know, if you ever had a tick bite, you know, you have to do certain things to get rid of the tick. And then it had to be cleaned out. And I was so glad to receive that healing because I didn't want to be contaminated. But that wasn't the end. There had to be something else that was done to my system there in my body, the entry of the tick that had to be strengthened. And so I had to do an antibiotic to guard against any future infection. Now, that is an example of something that was happening to me physically, but I'm going to connect that to healing of our emotional wounds. The first thing is we need to acknowledge we have a need. We need to receive healing, but we have to acknowledge and we have to quit lying to ourselves and and quit saying, I know I'm really okay and it doesn't matter. Sometimes the wound is so painful that we develop a case of amnesia. (laughs) See, we we may not even be able to recall the the, uh, instigating event or that time in our life. It's just become such a part of us. In this case, we need to get some help through a trusted friend or a compassionate counselor to guide us gently and to help us to acknowledge. So the first thing is to recognize, acknowledge we need healing. The second thing is to locate that cause of pain. And this is what counselors are so good at doing. They um, see that pain can be expressed in one area But the real cause of the pain is in another. And this is what counseling helps people to do, to to figure out what was the beginning and how it happened. This requires some time. Looking back at the beginning of the suffering and asking questions, was there an unhealthy friend or a coworker or a family member who said or did something that hurt me? Uh, Is this pain my own doing? Uh, Am I living in unforgiveness for a slight that took place many years ago? Am I holding on to a grudge? Or has life just not turned out the way I expected and I'm just living in anger? And so we want to locate where this started. You know, fortunately, Scripture helps us to, to do this. There is deep soul searching and calling upon the Holy Spirit to help us is what we are advised to do in Psalm 139, verse 29. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. 
and see if there is any offensive way in me and then lead me into the way that is everlasting. So we ask God to search us and bring forth whatever it is that is the source of our pain. That might be a wonderful verse to commit to memory if you're dealing with a a lot of anxiety and we need a step to move forward. Well, the third thing is to clean out that wound. If we've had a deep wound, let's say we've had a wounded hand and we leave that wound open, it will get infected. And it's the same for our emotional wounds. We, we need to remove the source of the emotional pain. And, and when we clean, clean it, then it will return to its uncontaminated state. So we acknowledge the pain, we locate it, and then we need to get rid of it. And just as a doctor roots around in the wound to, to get out the infection, we need to clean up that pain that we have been dealing with. And that means we might need to see if there's a relationship that needs to be changed or a lifestyle that needs to be changed or a habit. We need to see if there's anything that we let need to let go of because if there is a wound, there will be hurt and pain. But many times we just continue to live in it because we're not willing to let go. Let go of the negative thoughts and the bitterness and the anger and the memories. And so we we need to let it go in order to clean it out. The fourth step is to actually receive the healing of the hurt. See, when the doctor cleans out the wound, he sews it up. He sews it up and there's no sign of infection. And and so when we receive our healing, we are opening the door to our own freedom and removing the sign and the indication of the wound. Uh, Without receiving this healing, though, that wound is just going to be opened up and contaminated again. Receiving the healing and moving forward is important. You know, Jesus described his job description when he spoke in the temple, and he said that it was to come and to heal the brokenhearted. That's what he wants to do. It is his purpose. So he wants us to be healed from our wounds, and we ask for it. And when God heals the wound... Do you know when we think back and recall that experience, it will be there, but we won't be flooded by the pain. That is our hope. That is our promise that God gives us that we might recall it, but we won't be flooded by the pain. After um, our wounds are healed, there's still some work to do. That next step is to strengthen that area because it is prime for reopening unless we strengthen it. The area around that wound might still be tender and it needs support because the enemy is going to try to get us. Is The enemy is going to try to have us focus on thoughts of that event, that situation, that person, and it's going to try, that enemy is going to try to bring hurt and pain again. But we want to be careful to switch those thoughts the thoughts that are going to come to us as a temptation and switch them to praise and thanksgiving to God who has healed us from that and who's asked us to think differently about it. We might now see that person who caused the pain, but instead of reopening the wound, we're going to think differently and think in thanksgiving and praise. Don't you pick that wound that's trying to heal. Healing from our wounds is a choice. Write that down. Healing from our wounds is a choice. 
we are not destined to live in the pain of wounds. I want to close by by sharing with you a, the the book that our WOW book club that's called the Lit and Latte Book Club is reading this month. I'd like to recommend it to everybody uh, who's struggling and dealing with wounds or if you're not and you just wanted a beautiful inspirational story, it's called The Choice. It's called The Choice and then colon, Embrace the Possible. And it's by Dr. Edith Edith Eager. She is one of the last remaining Holocaust survivors, and she tells of her unforgettable story, Uh, and we see her resilience and the power of choice. Uh, She was just a teenager when her family was taken from their home in Hungary and sent to a death camp in Auschwitz. She was separated from her family, her parents, whom she never saw again. She uh, ended up being sent with her sister, and she tells this horrible story of life in Auschwitz. She tells of her survival and her move to America. And she tells us how she deals with her memories. Do you know, she tells us that there is no hierarchy of suffering. So whether you're dealing with a seemingly mild disappointment in life or life in a concentration camp, she said it is still suffering and we can all move, listen to this, from what was to what is. She ended up becoming a a counselor and she speaks around the country and internationally telling her story of survival and how she thrived. She tells us this, when we don't move toward our wounds, we've chosen to become our own jailers. She says she would love to help you Discover how to escape the concentration camp of your own mind and become the person you were meant to be. This is what God wants us to be. And God will help us to live in health and wholeness and joy when we give him our wounds. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for that promise, the promise that you have come to heal the brokenhearted. And when we trust that and believe that and we truly give it over to you, we will live in your health and in your wholeness and your joy. We're thankful for that. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, your son. Amen.